on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Psychiatrist Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Desai, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Psychiatrist, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, we're jumping right back into all of our draft content. We sort of took a little bit of a break. We did some live streaming in case you guys didn't catch us live. You can so, definitely some catch live on- streaming. Some live streaming. My God. <laughs> Quite a bit, I guess. You can look at it either way. But in case you weren't able to catch us live, you can catch those recordings on demand on our YouTube channel as well as LEFB Network's YouTube channel. Or if you're following us on our ticker below all of our social media handles, you can find it on the show handle, The Decide Guys, there for sure. So check us out. If you want to get our con- our content on free agency specifically, we broke it down for draft us, uh, how it's going to affect teams' draft strategies, how it's going to affect your fantasy football strategies. We kind of went to it with a little bit of both uh, uh, aspects with all the recent free agent signings and trades as well. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you go check into that. But, yeah, like I said, Tad, we're going to take a jump back to sort of the main thing that's going on now because the first wave of free agency is sort of over now. And now I think teams are going to start focusing on the draft, and that's when we'll later get the second wave after the draft or cool, uh, pretty much right after the draft sort of thing here. So back to draft content. I'm pretty sure you're excited. Peak. About this. <laughs> it is peak draft season. We are done with the combine, which as people know, I'm not too high on. We are now in pro days. And Amir, I got to give credit where credit is due, my man. I challenged you. I don't know if it was last episode, two episodes ago. I was like, name one bad pro day. Name one bad pro day. And you're like, well, I, I, I can't. I'm like, because there's never been one. Well, apparently we had our first one. Because Jalen Carter's pro day, I mean, yes. that, I, God, we might need to make a whole segment out of that guy now because I do not understand what is going on with him. He showed up nine pounds overweight, couldn't even finish the drills. It's this kind of wild storylines I love. We have so much more coming. I this is this is my like this is my Christmas in spring. Screw Christmas in July. This is Christmas right here. I am so excited <laughs> to get into the next couple weeks. Uh, you are gonna be so annoyed by me because <laughs> we actually brought this up you know just sort of to turn back again just one more time just uh we brought this up in one of our live stream episodes where it's like the bears they had a great you know they traded the number one overall pick and then they're now at number nine it's like they made some free agent signings um it's just like where did they go as far as that number nine a lot of people uh, me and you were both just like Jalen Carter's still at nine. It's like, you know, we had to wait to see what the news is going to happen from him after all these things have happened with this arrest and his release and things like that. It's just like, are people still going to value him in the top 10? Because clearly he was consensus number one in a lot of people's eyes before all this stuff happened. But a lot of people are still saying he's going to stay in the top 10. But now to this pro day, wondering if that draft stock is just going to continue to dip further and further. And you wonder whether he's going to stay in the first round possibly. But We'll get to all that. We have a lot of draft content coming your way the next handful of weeks, obviously leading up to the draft. And definitely the few people that want to help you out, especially when it comes to betting on the draft, that's our friends at Bet Online because Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, all at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, MMA, 
tennis, boxing, esports, golf. They got you covered on all fronts. So head to Bet Online today on your computer or mobile device, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code BELIEVE. That's capital B L E A V. And you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is BELIEVE, capital B L E A V. And you can receive your awards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Ted, we're going to start, you know, we're going to start with our position rankings. Like, I mean, slowly but surely, we're going to get yeah, through okay. all of our position say one, rankings. Say here. one more time, but slower. <laughs> position rankings. That's what we're going to get into here. That's the money shot right there. So, specifically, we're not going to go, you know, one through 10, your standard positional rankings here. We're going to talk more about the position here. But, okay. like we sort of teased before, make sure you're following us on our social media handles because we will be dropping. My top 10 quarterback rankings, Tad's top 10 quarterback rankings, and all rankings in the future will be dropping graphics on our social media handles. So we will be diving further into those rankings on those social media handles. So, yeah, check that out for our full rankings, top 10 with all the various positions that we're sort of going to be going through here. But we want to talk a little bit just more general quarterback talk because, I mean, just – it's the premium position, Tad. Like, I mean, if you have one, you're in good shape. If you don't have one, like – a certain blue and white team that I you're a fan you. of. <laughs> I hate you. you. don't have a quarterback either. Shut up. You're, we yours don't, well, at least sure. we have three potential ones compared to zero. You have like two you. potential ones now, <laughs> son of a bitch. The other one's Gardner in Vegas. Minshew. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I never said we did. <laughs> but yes, so you, clearly, you, you know. You the ha- stash. Let's see how that works out for you. <laughs> So obviously we just saw the Super Bowl with two really good quarterbacks. I mean, arguably a future Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts had a sensational 2022 season. We'll see if you can build on it, but there's a reason why they were able to play in a Super Bowl is because they had really high talent at the quarterback position. So obviously that's the first position we're going to start with here. And I mean, Tad, we're going to go through the top here. We're going to discuss some of these top prospects as far as just who do you prefer? I mean, what's your flavor? Because I mean, we kind of talked about this in a previous episode where J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan II were both in the draft in 2021, and we were discussing that's like arguably Patrick Sertan could be the better player, but depending on the type of defense that you run, maybe J.C. Horn is the pick. And I sort of suggested that with the Panthers being at eight, and they ended up going with J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertan II. He went the next pick after right to Denver Broncos, but both players are having really good careers so far to start off their career. So, yeah, this could be a very similar situation. So we got to start with this two top quarterback prospects here. Bryce Young out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. I mean, just... Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here. Like, I mean, just break down these guys and just like, how do you feel about this competition between these two guys? Who's going to be going to Carolina if Carolina hangs on to the number one overall pick? We'll see about that. If they don't pull a draft day. If they don't pull a draft day, we'll see about that. So it was funny because actually, I won't say massive, but uh, a good argument, um, a good argument is, is it was very civil for once, actually, my friend group broke out in the bachelor party I was at this past weekend. Uh, about this very argument is is CJ Stroud better than Bryce Young and surprisingly I was on the you know minority side with my pick who I'll reveal in a bit but it was interesting because we were talking about who's more accurate CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and one of my friends looked up the stats and you know this did surprise me because I've I, I at that point I had yet to look up the stats um it turns out CJ Stroud actually both years so Bryce Young and CJ Stroud both have had uh, two full years of starter, starting quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud has the better uh, completion percentage. He has significantly better 
uh, two years ago where he had around 71%. And uh, Bryce Young's been hovering around 65 66%, which is still not bad. But that did shock me because I was like, wow, really? Um, and here's why it shocked me is I like them both. I think there's a lot of promise there. I understand why they it's between the two of them. But it, it lot the truth lies in the tape. Because, yes, when he has a clean pocket and he understands the defense well, C.J. Stroud is probably the best quarterback in this draft. The problem is, and this is what surprised me as I started watching more tape on him, he reminds me a lot of Will Levis, where he is great pre-snap, he is great with a clean pocket, but the second C.J. Stroud starts getting some pressure, that's when he starts, I won't say collapse, because collapse is too strong of a word, but he does make some questionable decisions. He, um... He likes short wires. What's the what short circuits? Short He's short circuit, circuits. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm mixing up my electrical terms. Um, last time I tried to change the light bulb, I electrocuted myself. It went very poorly. But I, he short circuits where he does one of two things. One, he either, you know, is like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, and stands in the pocket where it's like, you're not okay, get out of there. Or two, he does this really, this is what frustrates the hell out of me. He starts second guessing himself. Where he'll like stay in the pocket and be like, he'll do like a pump fake, but it's not a pump fake. It's him like second guessing himself. And there's a difference. There's a clear difference. A pump fake is meant to mislead a defender. Second guessing yourself is you freaking out. So that's my one, my biggest hang up on CJ's trial. I shouldn't say uh, my one hang up on him, but it's, it's, that is the difference maker right there it, because Bryce Young has this pocket mobility, this pocket awareness, and this calmness, this X factor, where if he's pressured, he tends to stay pretty calm and makes the right decision, you know, throwing the ball downfield. We, talk uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast as well, where he is not a run first quarterback. This is why I hate all these Kyler Murray comparisons. He is always looking downfield, staying behind the line of scrimmage to throw it deep. That's why I compare him to peak Russell Wilson compared to Kyler Murray because he is not a run first guy, which also does not negate but deducts the size concern for Bryce Young um, because, yes, I, I think durability is an absolute fair concern. I will never say, like, how, you know, that's a stupid concern. No, that's a very valid concern. I mean, can you imagine T.J. Watt with a clean hit on Bryce Young? Like, he is, he is a dead man. But I think that the risks – or the, the benefits outweigh the risks when it comes to Bryce Young. So he has my pick or my nod for top quarterback. But really, I think C.J. Stroud, the key is, can he go to the right scheme? Because I think if he goes to the right team with the right scheme, he will succeed. But if he goes to a team that does not develop him correctly, there are going to be some problems. I think C.J. Stroud is slightly more developmental. While Bryce Young, I think he could you could drop him in on any NFL team right now and he would succeed. So I'm not saying C.J. Stroud's bad. I'm just saying I see him as a little bit more of a developmental project compared to Bryce Young. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that you said that I disagree with. I think it's very much that Bryce Young is the more polished prospect for sure. It's like, oh, polished. Exactly like damn it, damn it, <laughs> damn it, damn it. I knew there was an adjective. I was forgetting. And I totally didn't yeah. think of polished. Damn it. That's the common that you Carry hear. On. That's the common one you hear during this team, this term here with the draft season here, the polished prospect. And so, yeah, I think he's more ready to go as that day one starter. But CJ Stroud's very much a day one starter, too. Like, there's no argument there. It's yeah, very much yeah, a yeah. one, one, a situation depending you on where you want to rank these quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So both these guys are the same thing. But just that the durability thing, it just it worries me because it's not because, OK. He'll get back there. He'll take some hits. He'll brush it off. It'll be fine. 
the thing that worries most is the long-term effect, right? Because it's now a 17-game schedule. If you make the playoffs, a couple more games there. Now you need to think about that for 10 years down the road, potentially, too. At least five, because he's going to be a first-round pick, right? Well, obviously, you have the player option in the fifth year, whatever. But just, like, at least five, pretty much, right? So you have to think about that long-term, too, where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe the first handful of times he gets hit, he's going to be fine. But just, like, the more repeated hits he takes, and if he doesn't have mm. that protection in front the of wear, him, the that's the, exactly that's the thing that's going to worry me the most, where it's just like, okay, yeah, you can see him getting out there. He's willing to get out of the pocket because that's the one thing I like about Bryce Young, too. C.J. Stroud is chained to the pocket, surprisingly. Even though he has the mobility to get out and run and make a play with his legs, he doesn't want to do that. And I mean, it's like, you mm. see that, like you said, where it's like, you get the pressure in front of him. Then he wants to stay in the pocket and get a big play. And sometimes he does. I'm not saying he doesn't. He's willing to take the big hit to get that big. Game he is, his air. toughness is impressive. I will give but him that. It also hurts him too, where it's just like, he d- mm-hmm. gets that yep. pressure and he wants to make the big play. It's not there. He ends up taking a sack or throws the ball away or whatever it is, because he's not willing to get out. I really don't understand because he has the ability to do that. So hopefully when he gets to the next level, that's one thing, like you said, that he needs to sort of be trained on. That's like, okay, if it's not there, get out. You have the athleticism to do it. Go do it sort of thing, right? So it's like that I very much agree that Strat has a lot more things that he needs to work on when he gets to the next level, whereas Bryce Young's a little bit more ready to go for the pros. But just, yeah, that's the thing that worries me the most is just if I was a GM, unfortunately for me, that long-term about like whether because there's only so much you can bulk up right and obviously he can't gain yeah. in height either right so those are things that it worries me a little bit so for me it's like you can't go wrong with either prospect but i think i'd have to side with cj stroud because the things that he's sort of lacking yeah. right now quote unquote those are things you could fix i don't I, i'm not so worried about the things that you know he's sort of lacking right now as far as the mobility and the recognition both pre-snap and post-snap and sort those sorts of things because he can make all the throws across all three levels of the field he's got good touch he's got good accuracy yeah maybe you want to throw in the factor that's like he went to ohio state it's a very you know quarterback friendly i offense. no, i hate those i hate those look at that look at yeah, just exactly field. So, Just the fields versus Dwayne Haskins. Like that's all that's all the argument you need to break that conversation. Exactly. That, that so it's argument. like I want to throw that out the window. A lot of people want to bring that up, but I think each quarterback is a different case by case sort of thing here. So I think CJ Stroud's gonna look good in the right offense too, but just I, I'm not as worried about the things he needs to fix. I think I can work on that and get a really good long-term quarterback. Whereas with Bryce Young, while he has everything right now and he could be good to go. Like I said, I, it, it, it hurts me to say that the durability is a factor, but it is, especially at such a premium position where it's like, this is a franchise altering type of move. Okay, two things. One, Greg McElroy went to the same school as Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like the whole, the whole like Very school true. thing, coaching thing, it's stupid. Not saying that you were advocating for that, but I just, this is why yeah. I hate that because it's, mm-hmm. it's really dumb. Um, the second thing is, and this is why I like the Russell Wilson comparison compared right. to the Kyler Murray thing. Cause if he played, if Bryce Young played like Kyler Murray, hundred percent, I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm not taking this guy first overall. Cause he is, done. especially given the way Kyler Murray has been able to stay on the field. I'm yeah. like, uh, not worth it. But he's been dealing with some injuries the past couple of seasons, actually. So. Well, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray or yeah, no, Kyler that's Murray. what I'm saying Kyler. is with Kyler. No, that's what I'm saying is with Kyler Murray's injury history. Of oh, course, I'd be yeah. like, no way, mm-hmm. no way am mm-hmm. I taking Bryce Young. But Bryce right. Young doesn't play like Kyler Murray. He plays like, again, Russell Wilson. When was the last time Russell Wilson had a seriously debilitating injury? 
No, it's fair. It's fair. He's pretty much stayed his healthy his entire now, time to, in CL and then a little bit towards the end here. But and and to back up your point, granted, Russell Wilson's a little bulkier than yeah. uh, than Bryce Young and by a little, I mean a fair amount. Um, so that's <laughs> something to consider. But I think that's I, I think that's something people are kind of psyching. This is what happens when you give NFL teams too much time to think. This is yeah. like the Bears uh, trading up for Trubisky. Of like, if, if I think that draft season not that i want it to be oh god i don't want it to be but if the draft season was like a month shorter i don't think moves like that would happen or discussions like this would happen i i think i brought this up a couple months ago but this is a, well, not reminding me but a perfect example of what i'm talking about is uh leading up to the draft about two or three weeks leading up to i want to say 2013 um there was talk about oh the colts may take robert griffin the third over andrew luck and it was like it was just pure like we need That's something to talk about right 2012 2013 something like that yeah um i don't remember he retired that's i don't care about him anymore but um <laughs> it, it's stuff like that where this talk comes up but my, my general yeah. point being that i i the durability is a concern but the way he plays makes it less so for me at least no and that's completely fair and if he does get taken number one overall and that does happen to be carolina then carolina has a pretty good offensive line it's not the best but there's definitely some things that they could do to improve um but just yeah if he ends up in houston like in case don't you don't you put that evil on me ricky bobby like as as good as a fit that is like i worry about houston's offensive line like i said this is very reminiscent then of what happened with david carr where he just had that terrible offensive line completely derailed his career and he flamed out pretty quickly. Yes. He has a Super Bowl ring. I know he won it with the giants as a backup though. So come on. Hey, hey, man, they, they have the highest paid tackle in the league. He is elite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see though. But yeah, that, that's the thing that sort of worries me because it's not just like the immediate thing. It's the long term where it's just like, if all those hits sort of pile up on such a small frame, that's the the long term thing. That's, that's a good point. I I did not think about the long term there. So that, that is a fair point. But yeah, I think as far as skill comparison, I think it's very much a one, 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 a sort of situation. It's just like, which guy do you like more to fit into your offense? So I like both guys, but like I said, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with CJ Stratt right now. All right. So we got young versus Stroud. There you go. There you go. So let's get to the next call. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Let's get to the next competition that we have here. It's the next set of guys. And that's Anthony Richardson out of Florida and Will Levis out of Kentucky. This is now where we're getting into Colts territory with your potential quarterbacks here, possibly drafted at number four. So, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's interesting because you see both guys, very similar traits to. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. It's goddamn terrible. (laughs) interesting i probably actually say the best word is polarizing i think both of these prospects are very polarizing where it's like you either love these guys or you hate these guys so it's like i'm curious to see just tad what are your thoughts here especially like i said colts are kind of in this race to take one of these guys at number four potentially and i'd say for sure it'll happen but you know just i they have very similar traits they have very similar skills they have also very similar weaknesses based on what i've seen as well so i'm going to pass it to you here as far as your debate as far as what do you think about anthony richardson versus will levis and who do you think is the better prospect okay so let me ask you this question before i decide which one to talk about first would you rather die via guillotine or would you rather die via bullet to the head (laughs) oh goodness gracious i'd probably say bullet to the head but even that all I right bullet know. to the head let's talk about anthony richardson then <laughs> okay. all right 
So, Anthony Richardson only started a handful of college games, has a 54% completion rate. Yes, he tested off the walls of the combine. No shit, he's a great athlete. And you know what is funny? I actually kind of liked Anthony Richardson before I started watching his tape, and then I started liking him less and less and less the more I watched his tape. Interesting, okay. Here's a key reason why, because he is so goddamn frustrating is he is amazing at scrambling out and escaping the pressure like i will not he is the best quarterback in the draft at that i will give him that but then he decides to overthrow his receiver by like 15 goddamn yards and then he's just like i didn't do anything and it's just like he makes the dumbest decisions in the world his accuracy is poor his, his footwork needs a lot of work. He does not have the experience. He's a perfect round two, round three quarterback where you develop him for a bit. But a top ten pick, what the hell are we smoking here? Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's it, I, I truly don't understand. The more I watch him, the more I'm just convinced that, like, NFL scouts pick a guy. They're like, this is my guy. And they will go to the end of the world to justify him being good, even if he's not good. Because I'm not saying he's terrible. I see the promise there. But top 10 good is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I just – it's so frustrating because it's not even like – it's it's not even like Stroud where we're talking like, okay, he's good inside the pocket, but outside the pocket he needs some work. No, Richardson's inaccurate inside and outside the pocket. Like he is so – bad at missing wide open receivers and it's not like he wasn't surrounded by talent at florida like maybe and we'll get in this maybe you can make that excuse for, with will levis where there were a lot of bad drops one percent that was an excuse with will levis which we'll obviously get to but yeah he lacked the protection as well as the weapons potentially yeah and and, and we'll get again we, we have a lot of excuses to make for levis some <laughs> legit some not but there are zero excuses for Anthony Richardson to show the flashes that were as bad as he showed. I saw no good pre-snap reads by him. I saw very little progression by him. I think this dude is a fine developmental quarterback, but a top 10 pick. Get the hell out of here. He's going to be a cult. God damn it. So do you want to speak on Levis or do you want me to interject right, here? So let's talk about the guillotine. Okay. <laughs> so. Levis, I actually surprisingly went a little bit opposite than Richardson. I, at first, I hated Will Levis. The more I watched him, I'm like, okay, now I understand where people are coming from. So the more tape of his I watched, I'm like, okay, now I kind of get – I still don't like him. Don't get me wrong there. But I, I, I understand <laughs> the hype surrounding him. So Levis is uh, – you know, he has a rocket arm. When he's on his game, meaning when he's in the pocket and not being pressured, his accuracy can be pretty – Freaking phenomenal. He is very tough in the pocket. He will take the hit if it means making the throw. Unfortunately, when he decides to start scrambling out of the pocket, that's when he starts collapsing. So I I, I don't understand that this, this is the, and I, I would love to know if you'd notice this as well. Most successful NFL quarterbacks nowadays tend to attack the sidelines, right? Where it's like either my receiver gets it or nobody gets it. Will Levis, for some reason, decides to attack the middle of the field constantly and it drives me nuts where he's like i can rocket this into double coverage it's like no no you can't like yeah maybe you can do that three out four times with the other that fourth time is gonna be a pick and you're gonna screw your team over like that can work in college but that cannot work in the pros so I, he reads defenses better than i thought uh which is surprising because and there was a specific play where he actually audibles so pre-snap he audibles, tells a, a, not a tight end, but an inside lined up receiver to run an out route to open up a cross route 
from one of his other receivers. That's very hard for a college quarterback to do. I was very impressed by that. So, because what it does is it draws the outside linebacker to the sideline. So it opens up the middle of the field. Cause where does he love to pass it in the goddamn middle of the field. So he was like, I need, I need this area open rather than reverse it, but whatever. Um, so pre-snap, he's really, really good. Will Levis honestly might be the best pre-snap quarterback in this year's draft, which is where I think a lot of the love is coming from. He has these intangibles. Um, the problem is post-snap. Post-snap, he loses footwork. He loses composure. He loses just everything that makes him good. Honestly, honest to God, I think he is the hardest quarterback I've had to scout since Baker Mayfield. Like, I just cannot get – because they both do the same goddamn thing. Like, three plays are, are awesome, and the next three plays are terrible. It's impossible to scout him. So, I, I like him. Um, He gets my nod over Richardson. Okay. I, I don't I don't think either one of them are going to be very good. I, I, I think if Levis – and here's the worst part. If either one of them are, are, are given time to develop, I think there's promise there to make them succeed. But with top ten quarterbacks, the the – you know, the age of letting top 10 quarterbacks develop is gone. So they're both going to go in the top 10. They're both probably going to start at some point next season. And because of that, they are both going to fail. No, that's fair. I think, unfortunately, like we talked about to start this episode, is that this is a premium position, so they automatically get pushed a little bit higher. I mean, Blake Bortles at number three a overall. Little like, bit, nobody's a little bit. A little bit. Richardson, like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, number seven, if I remember correctly. So it's like these guys get pushed up a little bit higher because they play at a premium position, right? So fortunately in this case, it's like I very much agree with you wholeheartedly that both these guys are a little bit more developmental, but it's that big thing where it's like they have the physical skills where it's like, Jesus Christ, you watch these guys throw the ball. It just looks effortless. They can throw it wherever they want to, and it just looks so easy for them. And, you know, at times they throw with good touch as well. Like I see it more Will Levis compared to Anthony Richardson as far as the touch throws. But it's like Anthony Richardson, I think, can develop that a little bit depending on the team that he lands on. But just like, God, it just looks so easy for them, both not just throwing the ball, but running the ball too. Like they're both athletic to do that as well, to get out of the pocket and run and be that dual threat quarterback. I'd probably side a little bit more with Anthony Richardson as far as the mobility and the athleticism and the dynamic and sort of like the dynamic playability that he offers compared to Levis but Levis could do it too like I mean it's the physical traits that off the charge for both these guys it's that neck up stuff it's the football IQ it's the pre-snap read it's the post read recognition post snap recognition excuse me where it's like that's where they both unfortunately need a lot of work. And so it's like exactly like you said, where it's like you see it for a couple of plays because I know you said that Anthony Richardson is not that good at moving around the pocket. There's a handful of times no, I no, saw no, him. I did not say that. No, I said he is good at moving around the pocket. He's not good at making good decisions while he's moving around the pocket or okay, being that's, accurate. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair because, yeah, there's a lot of times where I saw him make the right moves in the no, pocket. You're not paying me out up. to be an idiot. Saying, yeah, <laughs> no, saying Anthony Richardson cannot move in the pocket. I'm, I'm deaf. I'm not blind. I misheard. Here. I misheard. That's my mistake. I apologize there. But, yeah, he could move well. In, this is Anthony Richardson specifically. He could move up in the pocket. He could slide. He could obviously get out of the pocket, make some throws off platform, or obviously take off and run. But just, yeah, that's the big word, consistency, because there's a lot of times where I see it. And then at the very same game, possibly the next drive, all of a sudden it all goes out a window. And I'm Shucks just like, what happened? <laughs> Literally, what happened? And the same thing with Will Levis, because you said he's good at the pre-step adjustments and picking up blitzes. But like I said, I didn't see it consistently enough because there are times where the defense is obviously disguising their looks. And then all of a sudden, post-snap, defense is making adjustment. Will Levis is like, oh, 
crap, what am I doing now? He decides to go with this primary read. It's led to interceptions. It's led to bed balls. Exactly like I said, where he wants to hit the middle of the field. He saw it pre-snap. So he's like, I got the arm talent. Exactly like I said, where he's like, I'm going to throw it in there, hopefully get the play. But then he misses an actual home run play that potentially was open with another receiver because the defense changed and allowed a different receiver to get open. So that's one of the things I also saw with both of these quarterbacks. They don't go the progression really well. They stick to one guy, maybe the second guy, and then they either take off and run or they take the sack because of the coverage or whatever it is or they make a bad decision with their arm to make a bad throw but overall i actually like richardson a little bit more like i said (laughs) once again we're gonna differ here but i think i'm a little bit more with levis is just like i see a lot of it but just some of the things some of the decisions that he made it just like i don't know if that's fixable and yes this is the time where you can start bringing it up Yes, he didn't have the best protection at Kentucky. Yes, he didn't have the best weapons at Kentucky either. There's a lot of easy balls that he dropped. I think you already pointed that out already. But just like there's a lot of things that he probably could have been a little bit better if he had a little bit better protection, a lot better uh, weapons to throw to. But even with that, it's like he was at Penn State. He could have beat out Sean Clifford, Tad. Like, I mean, See, I, I hate that argument. Okay, Jalen Hurts could be beat out Tua, but he's still like, I, like that's a stupid argument. Like, people, I know. I, I just wanted to throw time. it in there because that's a big thing that people want to I say. Constantly I constantly see those on scouting reports. I'm like, God, that's the big annoying. reason. I don't know if you know this, but the big reason why he ended up transferring is because Penn State didn't use him the way they used him as a running quarterback, essentially. And he's like, that's not who I want to be. So that's why he transferred to Kentucky to become yeah. more of a dual threat type of quarterback. Not, so, why are you, yeah. why are you? Forcing me in the defend Will Levis corner. I hate you. <laughs> but regardless, it's just like the more tape that I saw Levis, I was just like, some of these decisions I feel are very correctable, and he's just not making the adjustments game to game. Whereas with Richardson, it's like I see a little bit more promise as far as some of the things that he can do as far as the recognitions. I think there were just a few times where it was just like a bad decision, an overthrow sort of thing like that. I f- saw very few times where Richardson was throwing it into bad coverage, where it's like with Levis, I saw it a lot more. And I that's was like, fair. that's Thing no, that that's that's a very because, fair, yeah. Because whereas Richardson is not going to hurt you as far as forcing a turnover, he did. I'm not saying he didn't. He definitely had with some of his decisions, but I saw it few and less times with Richardson compared to Levis. And like I said, the mobility factor with Richardson, I like a little bit more compared to Levis. So that's why I, I'm once again, I'm going to completely agree with you. I don't think either of these guys should probably be in the top 10, but if you had to make me choose, I'd probably go with Richardson a little bit more compared to Levis. But at this point, they're both developmental quarterbacks. They both need help on that. Like I said, the head up stuff, the football IQ, the read and recognition, understanding defenses, all that stuff that all get coached up, but just, Yeah, the mobility aspect and the not willing to throw more turnovers compared to Levis makes me choose Richardson. Uh, No, that is a good point. Like, it's, it's, do you want your quarterback throwing in double coverage with the chance that he might complete it, or do you want your quarterback sailing on your receiver by about 15 yards? Uh, If it's the latter, it's Richardson. But, uh, okay, three things to bring up. One, uh, do you want to hear my NFL comp for uh, Anthony Richardson? Because I'm actually pretty proud of this one. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. For once in Tad's high history is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know who he reminds me a lot of? Anthony Richardson is Terrell Pryor 2.0. Terrell Pryor. Okay. Yeah. Terrell Pryor was a little bit of a slider build, I think. But no, I see very much the same. I see it. I see yeah. it. Like solid thrower, good mobility, but just doesn't really excel at either one. 
like yeah. solid, but honestly, I think Terrell Pryor could have been a solid backup in the NFL. I don't know why he washed out so quick, but uh, all right, two two things with Will Levis. The first one is, I mean, you're talking about poor protection, which is so true, but one thing that I did not know until I started actually doing research for this episode is that uh, Kentucky's offensive coordinator got fired after just 12 games with the oh, team geez. because he was so bad. And that that's and, other, that's one more thing I kind of want to like jump broad, jump frog you here is just that, you know, Will Levis had four different offensive coordinators the entire time mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. So that plays a factor too. He's the, he could be the Alex Smith of uh, college football. Like once Alex he finally Smith, gets Jason Campbell, yeah, you name it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason Campbell. Good throwback name. But uh, no, there was one particular play I was watching. I think it was against Florida where um, they, they, they knew that an edge rusher coming – it was against Florida now that you think of it. So they the Florida was showing blitz, and they pulled the guard off you know, from his original position to go to the side to help block the, the edge rusher. Problem was the edge rusher never came. He backed up into coverage. So yeah. since they pulled the guard – and here's the best part. It's not like the tackle was – well, the tackle was busy, but it's not like it was just the tackle and nobody else. They had a blocking tight end there too. That's why you have a blocking tight end there so he can eat up the edge rusher. Why are you also sending your guard over there to help? So literally the guard was sitting there like, what do I do? And meanwhile, since the guard left, the yep. defensive tackle just instantly like yep. shoots up the gap. Are you going to create this hole for me? I'll just come out there. Exactly. It literally was just like, go out there. It was like the, the bouncer opening up the velvet rope. I'm yep. like, here you go, sir. And so like it was – he was playing a very, very bad system. Uh, you know, earlier this year, but you know, and third and final thing, this is kind of exactly what you're talking about with, he kind of, these disguise blitzes, he freaks, he being Will Levis freaks the fuck out on these. There was one particular play where there was a team that was showing, uh, uh, Tampa two or, uh, sorry, cover three. Mm-hmm. Right. So he knows, okay, I can hit the curl on the, you know, mid. This is the exact route. play that I was alluding to earlier where it's like, yes. he had the yeah, curl yeah. route. He was like, I can hit the curl route on the mid to deep route. And then he snaps the ball and then they switch to Tampa two, which covers the mid to deep route. He was like, go route. And it was like, no, why? No, no. Like you got to go a different route there, man. Like you need to adjust to what the defense gives you. And instead he was just like, oh my, and you can see it too. Cause he does like this little like pump fake where he's like, oh, oh my God. And then he like kind of looks around and he's just like, screw it. We're going for the first read. It's like, no, you cannot do that. And he ends up throwing like double coverage. It was one of those plays where like they do that shit all the time in the NFL. If you cannot identify, you know, mid play. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's incredibly hard. That's what makes, you know, that's why NFL quarterbacks get paid so much. Cause they have to make split you know, second decisions that frankly he just cannot make right now. Yeah, no, on that exact play, it was like exactly like you laid out where it's like they were in cover three, they switched Tampa two. He was still trying to go for that curl route and he tried to fit it in because like I said, he thought he could have the arm straight to fit it in. But yeah, it was triple coverage practically. But on that same yeah, play, he had a guy on the slot that was going deep for a post Oh, he was so open. And he could have had so him open. because he has the arm talent. He has the arm talent to make that three. But just like I said, he just didn't go to his progression. Maybe he relied too much on his arm strength to sort of fit it into there that play. It was a high risk, low reward play where he could have had a surefire touchdown probably He's on that so play. Lucky if he that wasn't picked. So he so those are the things lucky. that sort of worry me a little bit more about Will Levis compared to Anthony Richardson. So it's just like, yeah, that's where I get the slight nod to Richardson. But it seems like you have you said you have the slight nod towards Levis. I'm going Levis. I don't care. It's either one of them is going to be a cult. We're going to move on from them in two years. It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Interesting. I hate life. <laughs>
Well, I want to close this out with um, I want to bring up a quarterback that we both just sort of either like or dislike based on all this tape that we've been watching. So, Tad, do you have a quarterback that you want to mention that you like or dislike as far as just what you've seen so far? I don't have a quarterback I like. I have a quarterback I love. Okay. This is a guy who is, if he never got hurt, which instantly gives away who I'm about to talk about, (laughs) if he never got hurt, this guy would replace – Anthony Richardson should be kissing this dude's feet because if he never got hurt, Richardson would not be in the position he is now. I I really do believe this would be flipped. Like, should Hennon Hooker be a top-10 quarterback? Hennon Hooker is so – God damn good. I love this kid. There's 100%. one and just before you get into your pick too. like I was literally watching tape of this guy and you were out with your friends and I was like, I'm watching tape on Hendon Hooker and just dear Lord, if this guy didn't get hurt, I said, arguably, he could be the first quarterback off the board. Like I, I, I just felt like I his talent is so high, but I'll let you continue with your take here. There, there's literally, literally only one aspect of this guy's game I would fix. And I'll get into that in a bit, but he, yes, his age is a little bit of a worry. He just turned 25 in January. Um, 25 is not that old. I mean, Brady Whedon went in the second round and he was like 27, 28, like 25 is yes. You lose a couple bad years, but that's still like eight good years of was quarterback. It the second round? Right I thought it was there. the back end of the first. Uh, oh shit. Was it? Look, that Look it up after you're Look, done with your well, tape. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it while you're doing your spiel. Good lord. I mean, that was my case. I think case so. More I think so. Um, yeah, we'll check that one. But yeah, so 25 while old, yes, is not like horrifically old to the point where like I don't really think that should hurt his draft stock that much. Unfortunately, I think it is, but yeah. I think that's kind of stupid. Um, not kind of stupid. That's completely stupid. But this dude's deep accuracy is on the money. His arm strength is nothing like, you know, elite, but it's good enough. And I know that's like, wow, tag low recommendation there. But if your accuracy is as good, like, honestly, he probably is the most ac- – mm, that's a good question. Who I think is more accurate, Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker? Probably Bryce Young, by, but not I'd by probably much. still go with Bryce Young. Not know, by much. Hendon Hooker is like a close second. Hendon Hooker is my easy second. second. Easy mm-hmm. second for Hendon Hooker. But, yes, you have that kind of accuracy. Uh, there was a beautiful play that he hit this uh, receiver. Who's number 11 for them? Is uh, Jalen uh, – Is it Jalen Hyatt? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt, I'm pretty sure. So, he hits Jalen Hyatt in Stroud on this deep route, wide open. Jalen Hyatt doesn't even need to break his route to catch it. Like, it was one of the most perfect – throws i've ever seen in my life and like it's just and, and, and here's what i like a lot about Hannah hooker so he his reads are fine right like it, he doesn't scream at me like super smart quarterback except when it comes to scrambling because you can just tell the way he moves around the pocket he understands the leverage of the offensive line and like okay if i move this way the you know the way the offensive line is set up they're gonna block most of them so i'll have a lot more room out there like the way he scrambles is like it's beautiful it's a masterpiece especially because he doesn't scramble every play he is not a run first quarterback he can run and he understands when you're running it too though (laughs) absolutely he's a good runner but he does not choose to do it that's why the injury sucks because it's like a injury that a run first quarterback suffers but he's not a run first quarterback that's the worst part but when he does this high run he's really really good um so I, I really like Hendon Hooker. I think that, again, if he had not gotten hurt, he would be going in the top 10, no question. If he was in the Indianapolis Colts, I would lose my mind from happiness. I like him more than I like Anthony Richardson. I like him more than I like uh, Will Levis right now. That that may change. Um, check out our you know 
Instagram and Twitter handles below to see if it does change. But right now, Hendon Hooker is the third best quarterback in this year's uh, draft. Not outside the realm, realm of possibility now. I know I teased this, so I'll just say this real quick. The one, and I will say this is really bad. And Amir, I would love to see if you notice that. Have you watched any of his tape yet? Hendon Hooker? Yeah, definitely. Okay, just making sure. I'll, I'd love to see if you notice this as well. He probably has the worst footwork of any quarterback in this year's draft. Like I've never, like, I have yeah. never seen a quarterback stand so flat footed and, and I, I didn't watch it on purpose. Cause I just, I hate watching players get hurt. Um, it wouldn't shock me if his flat footedness was the reasoning towards ACL. It's Cause that possible. dude, like I, it's insane. You, you know, you, any football fan knows this, a quarterback in the pocket, keep the feet moving, keep the feet mm-hmm. moving. Even if it's just a little bit. I have never in my life seen a quarterback just stand. Just, it's like Frankenstein monster in the pocket, which is also weird with the scramble ability. Cause all of a sudden yeah. goes Frankenstein to the werewolf or he's like running around. Um, but yeah, his footwork needs a lot, a lot, a lot of development, but I mean, that's easy. I feel like they, we say that every year about every quarterback in the draft. Oh, his foot footwork needs work. Oh, he needs work under center. Like that is one of the most common complaints about quarterbacks going in the draft. So if your biggest, biggest complaint is footwork, I'm all in. Yeah, no, 100%. Like I said, I watched film of him, and I was just like I said, I literally texted you. I was just like, this guy didn't hurt, get hurt. I think arguably he could be in the conversation for the number one pet, number one quarterback taken off the board because it's like everything I saw, I just – I loved immediately. He could just bring so much to an offense, but just, yeah – the age is a little bit worrisome. I know it's not a huge worry for both of us, but just a lot, a lot of GMs are worried about that. And then, yeah, unfortunately, just recovering from that injury too. And so that's just the couple of those th- two things together. That's obviously dropping his stock massively. So I'm curious to see where he's going to go. I think he's definitely going to oh, be a I have, date to I have an interesting pick for that. Okay, go so, all right. So, I mean, okay. So let's, let's think that this age thing is yeah, has teams worried. And all of a sudden, 25 is the new 30, whatever. What is a team that clearly does not give a shit about building towards the future and constantly says, hey, you know what? We're going to go for the win now. And if we have a guy like, oh, I don't know, Aaron Donald, and we have a guy like Cooper Cup, and we are in a win now mode where we just keep giving up assets, well, this is a quarterback that you can build for a year or two behind Stafford while he heals that ACL. Although that was another big thing is uh, after the combine, apparently he's good to go from the start of next season. Um, but even if you don't want to risk it and you're just like, look, just sit on the bench, make sure you're all good. Yeah, exactly. Retro. Excellent term. Did you come up with that? No, I've heard it before and read it before. So not mine. (laughs) Interesting. Never heard that. Um, (laughs) but think of it like this way, like he would be the perfect Matt Stafford successor in terms of like, he is experienced enough as a leader. He played for three years, two, two or three years. He played for a couple years at Virginia tech, two years at Tennessee. He, I mean, and think about like, we talked about that accuracy. You don't need a cannon arm to succeed in McVay system. You need that accuracy. And also if you really look back on the last two years, what they need is a smart quarterback. Hooker has only turned it over five times. Well, I should, has only thrown five interceptions. I'm not sure about his fumble numbers. I didn't look that up. Um, But he's only thrown five interceptions over his last two years in Tennessee. So he's clearly a smart quarterback that understands the game, that has mobile uh, ability, and is, you know, ready. You know, you want a prime quarterback and the guy that you don't really need to develop? Hooker's your guy. Honestly, he could be the Rams' next quarterback. I don't really hate that bit at all. And I mean, my God, what better coach to develop a guy's footwork than Sean McVay? It's true. 
That's true. Um, yeah, honestly, a lot of teams could take a chance on this guy and just ride him on the bench for one year. Maybe bring him in towards the end of the season, something like that, if he's really fully ready to go and your team's not going anywhere. So then you can see what you have in the future there. So, yeah, Rams is a great destination. I think the Saints, that would be a very interesting pick, especially when they have Derek Carr. They obviously got teams like the Buccaneers, pretty much the entire NFC South. Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions, that'd be very interesting. Although I hear they're committed to Jared Goff. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But just Minnesota would be interesting with Kirk cousins like getting mm, older and they're not too one. fond of him so it's like there's a lot of teams that could really benefit from hendon hooker especially if he just needs to sit out one year he's going to be good to go like excellent excellent late pick for sure that could really pay dividends for you so giants I, giants insurance giants, policy why not Daniel jones why not so i'm going to go the different direction here i got a guy that i'm not too happy about but a lot of people are for some reason and that's tanner mckee out of the university of stanford so a local guy for me but just honestly i just don't see it but he looks the part Tad, he's 6'6", comes in at 231 pounds. He made improvements every year that he's been in college. He's a redshirt sophomore that declared for the draft here. Um, honestly, very much like Levis and Richardson, he makes throwing the ball look effortless. Like, he can make all the throws that you want him to. He's got a rocket arm, but here's the problem, Tad. A rocket gun is great, but you need a scope. He is not very accurate with his throws. Because, I mean, seriously, just, I see a lot of – He's noob tubing it everywhere. Exactly, like... exactly. So it's like you see these throws and the tight spirals, good velocity, but it's like five yards over the receiver or way off into the sidelines. It's just like I don't see that accuracy enough with his throws when I'm watching his tape. Here's the big thing too is that – Dear Lord, is he a pocket passer? Because Mike, he, he does not want to go. That man the is a statue. He is like very Tom Brady-esque when it comes to his mobility. He has zero mobility. Like he cannot get out of the pocket. And then on top of that, Tad, he lacks the pocket presence. So he is taking sack after sack after sack because he doesn't recognize the presence around him to get out, even just to get out of the, uh, the pocket to throw the ball away or something like that. You don't need to be mobile like your Anthony Richardson's or your Hendon Hookers to actually make a play with your legs, but just get out and avoid the sack and throw the ball away live for the next day but i don't see that enough at all with tanner mckee like i said i think the physical traits are there a little bit i see i don't see the accuracy enough um and like i said just the pressure in his face consistently is just i it, it's just tough for me to see why so many people like this guy as like that second or third tier quarterbacks after obviously the top guys that we already mentioned earlier where it's like yeah they're sliding him in at like five or six as far as their qb rankings and i'm just like I just don't see it. And it's like, I guess maybe the potential is there, but I just feel like he needs to land with the right team to really develop everything because it's all that the read and recognition stuff. I don't see that enough as well. It's just like, yeah, there's only so much you could do with accuracy too. Like I said, the physical arm attributes where you could throw the ball wherever that's great, but you gotta be accurate too, to an extent as well. It's just like reading the recognition crumbling in the pocket. It's just like, I don't see a lot of good stuff from him where it's like, okay, yeah, he could develop it to a starter. I see very much, backup written over him all over but maybe i could see a spot star if he lands with the right team but just what are your thoughts on mckee real quick because yeah i just don't see it so our youtube viewers are gonna be like wow tag got excited about something uh and it's it's exactly like what you said because i'm actually gonna disagree with you i like tam mckee i'm one of those guys okay. that's kind of falling for him okay. but i i almost completely agree with everything you've said weirdly it's just the the, <laughs> the potential is there um yeah. 
I think if he lands with the right coaching staff, I can still, cause yes, the statue S quarterback is a, is becoming a bygone era, but they're not quite gone yet. Not so could yet. you imagine not saying as a head coach? Cause I know I show him a lot and rightfully so, but whenever Josh McDaniels goes back to new England after he gets fired <laughs> from Las Vegas, like I think Josh McDaniels could do a lot with this guy. I think, uh, you know, like I said, McVay, I, I honestly think a guy like McVay. Yes. I know I'm talking about like upper tier coaches, but if he lands with an upper tier coach, I, I Kyle Shanahan, I think like this could be the next, you know, this guy could be Brock Purdy's backup. He could be the next Brock Purdy to Brock Purdy. So I, I really think that he has enough developmental skills there to, you know, warrant a, a flyer on now, should it be a second round quarterback as some people have projected him to be? Yeah. New, that's what I've seen. Like no new, way, no way. New, new. I like him as like a third or fourth. The third is still maybe even a little too early, but like I'm third, fourth. fourth. That's, that's my ceiling for him right now. I'd I'd say fourth. Fourth. I say fourth. Yeah. I think third would be the ceiling. I think if he slips past the fifth, I think people are, are being a little too Partial yeah, I, but I'm definitely seeing day three, early day three. That's sort of my yeah. projection with him. But, but no, I yeah, I'm seeing so many people I, I, writing. No, I have seen some projections. Like, yeah, I've no seen it, like early second two, yeah. early second two, okay, where it's like Jets, like he'll be Aaron Rodgers' successor. I'm like, no, 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 no don't do that, don't do can't that. Do no. Can't do it. Man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so I, I like it, but I mean, dude, honestly, even if he is a career backup, like I see him being like the next Matt Moore, and that's not. Yeah anything to sneeze at that's a solid mid-round pick if i got matt moore in the fifth round i'd be pretty happy with that um so i think that there's a lot of developmental needs there but there's just enough skill there to make it work so i i don't i'm not talking about tamra key is like next you know like mid-round sleeper that turns into a starter i, I was joking about the brock purdy thing but <laughs> like i he's not the next brock purdy but i do think that there, there is some promise there as long as he lands with the right team because god knows if he goes like houston or something that dude is so fucked yeah and i think that's my now, big thing too because the wow, way man, that i see I, it is just I like spoiler real quick who do you like better max duggan or tamra mckee max duggan surprisingly Attaboy. Surprisingly, hold on. <laughs> the needle just went like from one end to the other right there. My lord. And I'm not saying I hate Tanner McKee either. It's just like I said, a lot of things have to fall right with Tanner McKee. And it's just like that's a lot to bank on. And I just I don't see Yeah, that yeah, that's the thing. Is like if it's a prospect where it needs to be a scheme fit, <clears throat> Anthony Richardson, uh, <laughs> that's a problem. Like that that's a massive, massive problem. Yeah, so that's the big thing that I see, but a lot of people are just like we already talked about. It's like they're saying early day two, and I was like, come on, I don't no, think so. No, but I don't like we'll it. see. We'll see how it all plays out. There's we'll going to be a team man. that possibly is going to see all that. Especially with that position, man. Oh, good lord. Yeah, exactly. They automatically get pushed up a little bit higher automatically for sure. So that's our quarterback talk. Like we already teased earlier, we're going to be giving our full one through 10 top 10 rankings for the quarterback position should be dropping in a couple of days. And the best way you can find out is the ticker is coming right along here. Follow us on all of our social media handles. You got my personal handle on Twitter. I'm beside 23. You got Tad's the Tad decide 94. Got the show handle at the decide guys. And of course on Instagram, we're at the decide guys as well. And Hey, if you listen to the podcast and you don't want to check out the graphics, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast. So we're released to your podcast, whether that's on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, you can listen right on the LEFB Network website. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast episodes. If you're watching us, you don't want to listen to us. Like I mean, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you're subscribed to the LEFB Network's YouTube channel. We have our playlist there still. So make sure you're subscribing to both. Lots of great content coming from us as well as from the LEFB Network when it comes to the Rams, the Chargers, the Trojans, and the Bruins, and of course, lots of other great content as well. Um, so make sure you're subscribing there as well. But yeah, guys, to everybody who's already watching us, who's 
while listening to the podcast, who's following us on Twitter, who's interacting with us Twitter. That's a big one. Make sure you're interacting with us as well, especially with draft season coming up. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Will Levis, Bryce Young, Tanner McKee, all these guys for sure, and non-quarterbacks too. So make sure you interact with us. But everybody's already doing that and everything else. We can't thank you enough. And guys, like Amir said, we have a lot more draft uh, draft content coming out in the next couple of weeks, so be sure to keep tuning in. Uh, we have some potential guest stars coming on. I don't want to promise anything, but we have a lot more. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going experimental. We're hey, it's our first year as a draft <laughs> podcast. We're going experimental. And so let us know what you like, what you don't like. And uh, if you are an LAFB listener, we have a lot of people for sure coming on to talk to us about that. And we are also going on some other podcasts as well. So like Amir said, keep checking out those socials. We'll keep pushing things out. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And please, as always, stay safe. Oh,